Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another of our Cisco Tech Insiders podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Sean Roberts, and, and today we're going to continue uh, with our discussion around 5G. But before we really you know, get into the meat of the podcast, kind of just wanted to, to poke into uh, the broader impact of what we've seen in, in 5G uh, in our uh, current environment. Um, I brought a couple of people here that are much better and smarter at 5G than I ever could imagine to be. So, uh, Sabuth, could you tell us a little bit about uh, what's happened recently with the India-US flights? For Sean, and, and that was a bit of a bother, wasn't it? Uh, and Ankush, feel free to add. So basically, it was a back and forth going between uh, two wireless majors in US, which is AT&T and Verizon. Uh, think of it this way. They rolled out 5G. The deadline was Jan 19th. And it was in the same frequency, uh, which was very near to the residential zones of the runways. And this was causing interference uh, with the legacy altimeters, basically devices used to measure the elevation of the aircraft. And that created a huge ruckus. Uh, So another classic example, if you ask me, Sean, of what goes on uh, when the aviation stakeholders, the wireless telcos, the public policy regimen, everything has to orchestrated well to really make a use case. And I think, again, now the rates are being pushed back and forth. And I believe uh, most of Boeing 737s and 747s uh, had to kind of hold off uh, uh, because we just cannot have residential 5G homes within two-mile zones of the airport runways. Uh, that's that's kind of a bit of a bother, yes. Wow, that's uh, extremely interesting. Um, it sounds to me just like lacks of communication and and things where people need to get themselves together. Um, I, I did want to bring that in as kind of something that, hey, wow, this is like top of mind. This is in the news. This is 5G out in front of everybody. Um, with that, with this transition into this episode, um, I'd like to welcome everybody back. Um, happy New Year. Happy 2022. Um, I hope you're having a great New Year. I hope your your work, your family, your life is off, and I hope you're staying safe and healthy. Um for this one, we've kind of talked a bit about some of the uh, public and private 5G. We've talked about transport and security. Uh, in this episode, we're going to look at the Internet of Things, or IoT, and network automation, and how that's helping us accelerate the deployment of 5G. Uh, just looking back, a global study from 2021, which is a month ago, uh, estimates 1 billion 5G users this year. So 2022, we're going to hit that great 1 billion mark. Uh, in overall, for a lot of businesses, Cisco especially, uh, 5G is a game changer. Uh, and it will be a game changer from here on out. We're going to continue to grow it and to make it better. With that, um, I'd like to welcome two amazing uh, architects uh, to our podcast family, Ankush and Zabuth. Um, I would like to give you guys the opportunity uh, to tell us a little bit about yourselves because, hey, the listeners want to know who you are. So, uh, Ankush, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, thanks, Sean. And yeah, I mean, um, you know, very interesting times here um, with uh, what's happening with 5G and, and the anecdote that we were going through with the airlines uh, cancellation. And then finally, you know, uh, everything seems to be falling in place. So, yeah, we are we are uh, going towards 5G. Um, and with that, yeah, I mean, just wanted to share what I've been doing in the 5G space. So 
I'm a principal engineer with, with Cisco's customer experience team. Um, over the last 20 years, I've been working with service providers across the globe, transforming their networks. I have been fortunate enough to see the evolution from 2G, 3G to 4G very closely while architecting some of the largest 4G networks across the globe, including some, some in the United States as well as uh, a few in India. Over the last couple of years, I've been working with most of the large providers in Asia to upgrade their networks as they get ready for 5G services. I have been participating in industry events and I've been contributing in areas like next-gen mobile transport, edge computing, IoT, and closed-loop automation. I also hold nine approved Cisco patents with USPTO on segment routing, 5G network slicing, SDN, IoT, and Wi-Fi 6. These are some of the areas we are going to touch upon in today's discussion as well. Awesome. Thank you, Ankush. And uh, Sabu, if you would tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, Sean. I'm happy to be part of this team chatting with you folks. Uh, so I've been, I've been an architect for the last uh, seven and a half years uh, with a total experience of 17 years across enterprise service provider and security deployments. Uh, I was also part of the attack organization, Sean, just like you. And uh, that was completely heartwarming, right? When you change the lens from troubleshooting and uh, scripting all the way now to planning, design, and engineering. Uh, so some of my core responsibility really is focused around designing and planning programmable networks across enterprises, uh, mobility, 3G, 4G, and now 5G transformation. We, we jokingly call it NEIP, NEG, <laughs> and uh, uh, security platform frameworks as well, uh, orchestrated for DC and cloud frameworks. I, I've done uh, some... Uh, uh, SDA, SD-WAN deployments as well for some of the Platinum Beachhead customers here in Asia. Uh, and uh, I contribute by incubating a pipeline of technical leaders in support services and architects in professional services. Uh, I'm someone who is very passionate about contributing to the industry and open standards. Uh, have been a research mentor for Cisco's startup program, which is Launchpad, closer to home here in Bangalore. Uh, that's, that's where we incubate uh, six startups every year, and this is the fifth cohort. And uh, it also gives me a chance to voice and amplify this further in uh, industry events for IEEE, IETF, and ITU as well. Have been contributing to uh, SDN Congress, IoT, uh, IoT software forums, uh, Google Cloud Next, KubeCons, uh, and now recently have been taking a very active role for open standards, uh, especially in the realm of 5G. So happy to be part of this team chatting with you folks. Excellent. Again, thanks for joining both of you guys. Uh, we really do appreciate people coming in from all walks of life in Cisco and, and giving us uh, their inside information as our listeners are very keen uh, to know what really goes on uh, in the daily life of an engineer in Cisco and, and how we can really uh, pick apart and make uh, this very complex technology, just more easy to understand in these great little 20 minute blurbs, right? Um, so today we're going to, again, we're going to dive into IoT and some network automation. Um, however, uh, before we just jump in head first, um, I believe the listeners would probably like to know a little bit about what happens inside of the actual telecom tower. So if you guys could please give us some information on that. Sure, sure. So let me take, let me take a quick uh quick deep dive into this just to demystify right so let's assume 
you know, all all three of us have teleported ourselves uh, to the nearest 4G tower outside. And uh, Ankush, feel free to add your spin for the transport stuff, which comes later. Let me just kick off with the hardware and the software part. And uh, so if we imagine a standing LTE tower right now, uh, the nicest way for all of us, Bethan Cisco, to look at it is we call that as, hey, that is a place where my user equipment, which is uh, also known as the phone you're clutching in your hand, latches on to a network called as RAN, which is the radio access network. And so when you look at the radio access network, the main thing apart from the dish or the mass or the antenna are two important parts, which is the radio unit and the baseband unit. Uh, so when you say the hardware, that's your antenna, your radio unit, and the baseband unit. So I'll just uh, colloquially call them as, we used to call them as BBUs, uh, passive antennas, RUs. That's the hardware part, which goes in the tar. If you cross-section and draw a knife through a tar, you'll actually imagine a fiber optic cable running all the way from the radio head down to the ground. And that's where your front hall gateway begins. So the baseband unit uh, is what sends data from the RAM node, uh, which could be your front hall gateway, to the core node. And it also receives data back. So that air wave transmission to the TCP IP slash MPLS conversion happens here. Uh, and obviously the all connection is fiber. Uh, I'll say this, Sean, right? Uh, the whole game of LTE and 4G and 5G is really also about fiberization, if I may use the word. It's really extensive fiber. Uh, so if there's no fiber, there's no 4G or 5G, period. You just need 5G, fiber all the way from your cell set tower. And now we also have the capability for uh, cell set towers to talk to each other. Uh, for what happens behind the scenes after the cell set tower, um, Ankush, do you want to fill in there quickly? Sure, yeah. So um, no, as Subodh explained, um, you know, these various components which reside at the cell tower are the ones which are, you know, communicating with your handset. Uh, but what you really want is to go out and get to um, say, you know, if you want to watch a movie, you're going to Netflix or you want to, you know, go to YouTube for a video. So you need to communicate to the backhand of the mobile core. And that cell tower is connected via the fiber to, uh, to the network, which is enabling this connectivity. And this is where uh, a lot of innovations are, are happening today, where that cell tower is now getting disaggregated or it's being broken down into different functions, which can be spaced at different places. Uh, because what we really want to do is scale up the, the network, right? So when we want to scale up this network, uh, you'll have scenarios where uh, you want the the radio units to be much closer to the user, but some of the control plane uh, and the other uh, elements can be more centralized. And this is what is driving uh, some of the 5G innovations, which we, we can talk about more later. But in a nutshell, uh, the cell tower uses the, you know, the, the fiber network to connect to uh, your your core network, mobile core network, which in then uh, gets you to the destination where you really want to go. Interesting. So, you know, in, in talking about you, and especially I'm going to highlight something you just mentioned there, you talked about scale, being able to to scale out these things. So 
I have to imagine, you know, just from my background, that has to have some kind of automation component in there. Um, so could you guys kind of expand, you know, how important is network automation to the whole 5G network? Yeah, yeah. Let, let me take a stab at this, right? Just to circle around your previous two questions as well, Sean. And I think if, if we had to list down the four levers, which is really kind of ushering in this 5G wave, the first lever or the first architectural model shift is really around the software-centric approach. So when we say that, we mean a software-defined architecture that includes cloud virtualization and automation, the piece which you're mentioning. So for the first time in this 28 history of telecom, operators can now meet this new application and operational demands uh, that truly gives them the power to interoperate across, harmonize a common feature set across all of the target use cases. So when I say harmonize, uh, let me give you a very uh, uh, a very important example about radio architectures, right? Uh, traditionally, it was always about the lowest common denominator approach, which means if you're buying radio equipment from a legacy vendor, you are constrained with the feature set of what the radio vendor provides. Uh, it was really a centralized approach. That's what Akush used the word disaggregation. So now, with this new architectural model, uh, we we can now scale for the true Web 3.0 applications. We have new revenue models, uh, the software-centric approach. And in a way, that's why 5G paves the path. Uh, because if you look at the typical bill of materials or a bomb of a 4G or a 5G network, uh, the supply chain for network infrastructure changes at a fundamental level. So that's the fundamental shift. We can disaggregate the radio, we can disaggregate, disaggregate the access. We can disaggregate the transport and the core network also. And this is a fundamental software-centric shift, uh, which kind of assures in the two immediate benefits, which is service versatility and automation. So, uh, I mean, a classic example would be industry use cases, which you rightly mentioned about IoT and enterprises, right? They would not be possible if you didn't have this software-centric approach. That's interesting. Um, uh, Ankush, you know, you, you were just mentioning some of the, the levers of 5G. In, in quick, could you kind of tell us uh, what makes Cisco's offerings to, to the market? What makes us best to, to flip those levers or, or to deploy and, and make the fastest 5G? Where, where do we stand out in the industry? Absolutely. As the communication service providers build these 5G networks, their approach and architecture for transforming their operations has to has to change. They need to be faster, they need to be agile, uh, the network needs to be less complex, and operations needs to be more effective, cost-effective for delivering these services. This is where uh, things like automation, uh, virtualization, software-defined networking, they play a very key role. And Cisco's been at the forefront with some of these deployments where you know we've been transforming the service providers, uh, 4G networks into 5G-ready uh, transport networks, as well as other elements with key technologies like segment routing, with MPLS data plane or IPv6 data plane, and um, other things like uh, SDN controllers, which help with the automation and analytics and achieve some of the outcomes that 
the service providers are really looking for. In fact, uh, the uh, Cisco has been working with various providers across the globe to simplify their existing networks and scale the transport through the use of these technologies. Now, uh, an SDN controller in the mix helps them drive a closed loop automation where you can monitor the existing utilization, you can take actions faster and have the resource utilization increased for the existing network. So all of this uh, is ultimately helping the service providers realize the, the change that is needed as they get ready to deliver new services and new applications which are being driven by high bandwidth, low latency, or mission critical applications that want to ride on this. Thank you. That was a really good insight uh, into a really uh, interesting question. Um, and going on, and again, we're kind of keeping this, this idea uh, you know, of automation and, and of realization of, of the 5G network. Uh, I did want to uh, dive into some of the words that I had heard earlier, right? Um, again, I'm not a 5G person. I'm just here to, to run the, the ship. Uh, you, you know, you guys talked about RAN quite a bit. Um, can we kind of expand on, on RAN itself and, and uh, some of the RAN innovations uh, that are helping to push uh, 5G adoption. All right. So when, when you look at cloud RAN, right, the levers we spoke about, Sean, earlier, uh, the three levers, again, revolve around disaggregation, virtualization, and decomposition. So in a cloud RAN, if you remember the hardware components, the BBUs, the radio antennas, now think about a software-centric architecture, which Ankush was referencing in his response earlier. So now you have the functions virtualized for masking. So just like we used to aggregate multiple closet switches, falling back on backbone switches, a similar cluster of remote radio units, for example, 700 of these can be aggregated on one DU. Uh, 45 or 50 of these DUs can be aggregated on one CU. And this way, you can really scale and be more wider across any radio vendor. It not only gives you the agility to innovate for hardware and software, it also gives you the potential to leverage common hardware. For example, think about how much you can save not being at the mercy of a monolithic radio vendor. Think about how you can consolidate multiple hardware SKUs from hundreds or even thousands uh, to less than 10. And if I may just you know, extend this further, uh, Sean, you, you mentioned about massive IoT. Now, if you start looking outside into IoT, IoT is not about massive data flows. You never have a two gigabit flow for IoT, right? It's that two Mbps flow, but it's required at that instant in time when 25 sensors need the data to be transmitted with the lowest latency. So efficient partitioning of network functions happens to be so paramount right from the radio side. That's why the word decomposing the radio or disaggregating the radio functions and having so much visibility and control, so many bells and whistles that you can now actually control ultra reliable low latency apps all the way from radio, transport, core to the service layer. And that's where technologies like you know massive IoT for uh, meters, advanced uh, instrumentation happens, 
service chaining function happens, orchestration happens. And so in a way, all of this, all of these pieces work together, augmenting or supporting each other. So what you're highlighting a very, very important point there, right? This is where a lot of innovation is happening uh, to answer Sean's question. Uh, the innovation in the in the RAN space is around building this, uh, this, this platform which can provide virtualization, which can provide cloud native architectures and principles that will in turn help the disaggregation. All right. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of insight. Uh, really appreciate it, uh, guys. Uh, I'd kind of like to, uh, to bring us to, uh, to a couple kind of a point in a, in, in a close of this episode. And I'd really like uh, your guys' insight into what do you see happening uh, you know, in this space, in the 5G space, the automation IoT space, where do you see it all going forward? Uh, what do you guys, what do you guys guess is on, you know, the next 6, 12, 36 months? I'll take a stab again, just, you know, tying, tying all this levers we discussed, Sean, right? Uh, so again, just to, just to summarize, think about this four major networks, the RAN, the Access, the Transport, and the Core. All of them being touched by the software-centric model, and the decomposition and the disaggregate benefits. So if you now take a sigma of all of this modular or architectural shifts, I think the one place where maximum innovation is going to happen is, is in service chaining app and service orchestration. Absolutely, this was, I would say, a challenge number one for any greenfield or even brownfield operators, which means, hey, we built a network, right? We, we took 24 months, we built a network, we got the spectrum, but you know what? We have no visibility, we have no control, uh, we have no granular way to look at how people are using it, and most important, for even onboarding people. So I believe uh, for the first time, with a fully virtualized and a common and distributed telco cloud software and all those terms coming together, uh, the service chaining and service orchestration, which, which again, to your point, Sean, is all about achieving the next level uh, in automation for the first time for telco. Uh, that's going to be a huge playground. It, it's both an opportunity for Cisco as well and also for every telco operator out there, uh, not just to reduce the capital expenditures. Uh, so time, cost, uh, site acquisition success and all those, but also really push the services which matter the most. Again, 5G, if you, if you think of it, it's not just the bandwidth play, Sean, we all know that. It's not a means that your smartphone starts pushing 300 megs instead of 100 megs now, uh, it's really a play of connecting millions of devices. It's really a play of connecting deterministic robotic applications on the factory floor. So I believe uh, service chaining and orchestration of all of this enterprises is going to be a huge paradigm shift. To kind of continue talking about some of the things that are affecting our world today, you know, Ankush, I've seen in the news that uh, the 3G, there's a lot of retirement time for that now that 5G is going to be the thing. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about, you know, how does these two things go together? How is the 3, 3G going away, uh, cl closed down? How is that going to be affected? Absolutely. Um, and that's the need of the R, right? A lot of people are asking, you know, will my 3G services, will they work? Do I need to, you know, upgrade to 5G everywhere? But hey, 5G will take some time to materialize, right? Like the way we saw the transition from 3G to 4G has not yet completely happened. 
right? I mean, while there's, you know, a lot of penetration with 4G uh, in a lot of the big metros, uh, a lot of the, you know, bigger cities, but there are areas where, where you know, still people rely on 3G connection. And this is not going to change in, in, you know, in a single, you know, click of a button, right? So these new technologies need to coexist with the existing ones. So yes, 3G will go away someday, but 3G is not going away right away, right? That's the way to answer, I believe, uh, because we need to be backward compatible. We need to be, you know, not everybody's going to upgrade their, their you know, devices to 5G capable in, in countries where uh, these handsets are not very cost optimized, right? So 3G, 4G, 5G will all coexist. Um, and then you will see an eventual progression from, from 3G kind of technologies going away and 4G and 5G becoming more prominent. Wow, that's really great insight. Uh, I really do uh, appreciate uh, you guys just really opening up your 5G playbooks to, uh, to the listeners. And I, and I, I know um, that they appreciate it uh, as well. Just like in every episode, I, I learn a ton. I, I actually could actually talk somewhat eloquently now about 5G uh, after having done a couple of these episodes. Uh, so I really want to uh, thank you guys, thank Ankush, thank us both for coming uh, and, and discussing 5G and some of the automation trends uh, that go on. Um, I'd like to uh, thank our listeners uh, for continuing to support the podcast, uh, keeping Tech Insiders going. Uh, we hope you guys have really enjoyed uh, this, this 5G uh, series so far. Um, we have more really exciting uh, episodes coming up. We have more automation on the way. We have more amazing guest speakers. Um, maybe we'll even have some guest hosts of really cool value. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I hope you again have a wonderful start to your 2022. And I want you to look forward to more Cisco Tech Insiders podcasts coming this year. As always, this is Sean Roberts for the Cisco Tech Insiders podcast. Thanks and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.